The Education Apple, Episode 2. Welcome to the Education Apple. This is the show that discusses Apple technology as it relates to education specifically and as it uh, relates to society in general intersecting our daily lives. I'm your host, Bill Brazil, and I'm joined today by Barrett Mossbacker, superintendent of Briarwood Christian School. Welcome, Barrett. Good to be with you, Bill and Tim. And uh, and Tim Towns, professor and chair of biochemistry and molecular genetics department at UAB. You doing okay tonight, Tim? Yeah, great, Bill, and uh, good to talk with you too, Barrett. All right. So this is our second episode. We're still working out the bugs and trying to improve as we go. So hopefully we'll be making this podcast of value to you. Uh, That's our goal anyway. So stick with us and uh, we'll work our way through this. But um, this this has been an eventful week so far uh, with Apple's announcement of the new iPhone, among other things. Did y'all get a chance to listen to that and kind of hear about what's going on with uh, the new iPhone? Uh, I did. I, I followed uh, some of the live blogging and then subsequently have read quite a few articles on the new iPhone 5. Yeah, yeah I have too, Bill, and uh looks exciting. I, I think the big screen is – the larger screen is going to be really nice, especially when you're holding the phone in the horizontal position. Yeah. I think that it will be very helpful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely spurred a lot of uh, – discussion and articles so but we'll talk about that uh in a little bit a little bit later in the show but um something i did see earlier this week that was really pretty eye-opening regarding apple and the economy y'all may have seen this too uh, i noticed it in the wall street journal um but it said uh, that they predicted the new iphone could cause um or could add between a quarter and a half of a percentage point to the annualized rate of economic growth in the fourth quarter um that's wow. that's amazing to me i mean that's huge when consider especially when considering the fourth quarter gdp growth projection is only about two percent so um, well bill that that kind of gives me a, a good excuse to go to my wife and suggest to her that i buy a new iphone <laughs> exactly. as i'm helping the unemployment rate absolutely <laughs> that's something we definitely need to do for sure that's great great idea <laughs> i think i'll do the same okay there you go Good, good. But uh, anyway, so that's definitely um, something that uh, Apple, you know, shows us that Apple has a is a pretty major force in our economy. So, um, well, I, I, it's just fantastic to uh, also realize that we think about Apple as a huge company, and it is, but it's. Uh, it's individuals and the innovation of individuals that makes all this happen. And uh, I'm just thankful to live in a country where uh, uh, two guys can start a company like this in their garage and grow it into something that can influence the whole GDP in this country. It's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it hasn't been all that long ago that they were – Working in their garage too, and that's yeah, another amazing just, thing about all just this. Amazing. Yeah. Well, really, it wasn't that long ago when they were on the verge of bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
yeah, even even more recently with all that. But anyway, I'm glad that uh, they figured out a way to make it all work. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. It's uh, I would kind of hate to have to be dealing with Windows all the time. Still, I still have to do it some, but uh, it's nice to have some some alternatives available. And Apple's certainly given us a lot of a lot of fun tools to uh, to play with in the in the meantime. So, anyway, um, so. You know, we are dealing uh, primarily with Apple technology in this podcast, and especially as it relates to education. I think all three of us are involved either directly or indirectly, in my case, uh, with the education process and, and what's going on there. So hopefully we can offer some beneficial insights. Um, and then, of course, you know, just technology itself intersects our daily lives in a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, we're just going to be looking at some of the trends in technology and, and how it affects us and how we can uh, make the best use of it. So, um, but we do want to, uh, every every time we get together, talk about what's going on at Briarwood School as we're following um, them as they develop their one-to-one program and, um, you know, start to roll it out to, to the high school. And, Barrett has um, got us uh, some information for us today uh, in our classroom computing section just uh, as it relates to why, you know, are we going to go with integration of technology into the education process there and I guess also why they've um, been looking at uh, Apple products to to do that. So I'm going to turn it over to Barrett and let him give us a, a good rundown uh, related to those questions, and we'll just uh, discuss it as we go. Well, Bill, there, um, regarding the integration itself, I actually uh, did my first uh, one-to-one computing program with the school when I was in Charlotte in the mid to uh, late 90s. And at that time, uh, the cutting-edge technology, insofar as school computing was concerned, was the uh, Toshiba tablet. And uh, so that was my first experience with one-to-one computing, um, and I, that has been a big focus of mine in education for quite some time, and there are a number of reasons for that. Simply put, technology is ubiquitous in our culture in an industrialized world, and people socialize with it. They work with it. They entertain themselves with it. It's, it's used, as, as Tim can certainly attest to, in medicine and almost any profession out there, and so it's a seamless part of modern living. Unfortunately, schools have tended to be the last adopters of technology. In fact, a few months ago, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce put out a report ranking the top 50 or 60 industries in their use of technology or technology integration. In fact, I believe it was 55 industries. And of all of those industries, schools ranked ranked dead last. In fact, schools ranked behind coal mining in the utilization of technology. That is amazing. uh, That's really a sad commentary, and it's it's ironic uh, when you consider the fact that schools claim to be preparing their students to uh, live and work in the 21st century, and yet they're behind the coal mining industry and the utilization of technology. Hmm. And uh, so it is a vital component of what good schools ought to be doing to prepare their students for for, uh, college and for work. Uh, I'll give you an example. When I was in my Ph.D. program, I had about six or seven semesters, I think it was, of, uh, of uh, advanced statistical uh, work. And uh, when we walked into class, even when I took my doctoral program, 
Firstly, all of it was done digitally. Now, we had a professor. He stood up, and he talked and taught, but everything we had to do was in a digital format, and because I was somewhat familiar and competent with the technology, I could focus on the statistics, whereas probably half or more of, of my classmates in the doctoral program struggled just to figure out how to use Excel uh, and SPSS, <laughs> and so they had twice of the material in effect to learn. And what we don't want to do is have our students going off to college and struggling with the technology, even though they know how to use technology almost as hackers in a sense. I mean they, they start using it and know how to text and, and those sorts of things. They're not necessarily very proficient with it, but more importantly, they don't know how to utilize it in the context of real and deep learning. So that's, that's one of our objectives, why it's particularly important to incorporate the technology so students begin to, to, lose, to, use, uh, to learn those 21st century skills. A, uh, guys, a simple way to think of it is we're trying to move our students from learning to use technology to using technology to learn, uh, and, and there's a big difference between those two things. So that's, that's essentially uh, where we're trying to go as a school. So, Barrett, why um, are you heading into the direction of utilizing Apple equipment and, and their tools and software? What What's made you choose that route? Well, there are a couple of reasons why we chose Apple. Uh, I'm not necessarily ranking these, but in general, we had several criteria. One was that we wanted the technology to move out of the way, to disappear uh, once the students and faculty began to use it. We did not want the technology to become... Uh, a challenge or a source of frustration and preoccupation. The beauty of the Apple products are, to borrow a phrase from Apple, is they just work. And so it's not particularly complicated and it's very dependable. So that was an issue. Another major factor was just the form factor itself of the iPad, especially the iPad 2 and then the new iPad. It has a long battery life, which, as you can imagine, in a school setting where students are using devices all day long, that's important. The iPad has an 8 to 10 hour battery life. If you have a device such as a laptop with maybe three or four hours, maybe even five, you're going to have to string a lot of extension cords throughout all these various classrooms, and that's not helpful. The, another issue, though, was the form factor of the iPad in terms of the ability to read. You can read on a laptop, but it's more difficult than reading in a form factor such as an iPad, which is more, more book-like in its overall size and weight. So that was a, a consideration, and yet it's powerful enough where you can actually construct uh, materials if you want to do that as well. So that, so that was one of the issues. And then uh, the fact that Apple is very committed to education, has for a long time. They have great expertise there. So when we bring in Apple trainers, they're not just technicians, but they are certified teachers who know how to deploy the technology effectively to teach students. Then I would say uh, the one other thing that was particularly important to us was we're dealing with a company that the entire ecosystem works together and fits together. So if I have a software issue, I deal with Apple. If I need support, I deal with Apple. If it's a hardware issue, I deal with Apple. If it's training, I deal with Apple. Whereas in the Windows environment, uh, when we when we used the Toshiba laptops, for example, they were they were good machines. But if I had a software issue, I had to call multiple software vendors. If I had a hardware problem, I called Toshiba. If it was an operating system problem, I needed to call Windows or Microsoft, uh, which you could never get on the phone, of course, uh, etc. So the fact that you have one vendor supplying uh, an integrated ecosystem from hardware, software to training and support is extremely helpful in a school setting. 
So that was just, those were just some of the reasons why we felt like Apple was the best choice for us. Yeah, I think your last point there is is pretty big in that you know you're dealing with one primarily one vendor and you know they can't point fingers at all the other guys and say oh it's not my fault it's somebody else's and um, that you know hopefully will be a, a big advantage as y'all move through the program. So I, I think that's a big a big piece of it. And I think the kids also. You know, some people might think, well, you can't do as much on a on a tablet as you can on a laptop. And probably for us older folks, that that may be true. But these kids these days, you know, they've grown up on on touch screens and phones, and so a tablet, an iPad, uh, you know, is is probably way easier for them to use and type on and everything else. So um, I think that'll be a great platform for them. Billy, I just want to make a comment about the integration of software and hardware at Apple. You, you remember when we were there at the headquarters uh, talking to the Apple representatives about this program, uh, and they were just incredibly gracious. Uh, they, uh, uh, I remember when we ate lunch, we went outside in the uh, uh, on the lawn, and there were uh, hundreds of people out there eating lunch, and I remember uh, asking our host about uh, about uh, six different chefs cooking uh, different all foods, all the different kinds of foods. And he said, "Well, you know, we do this because that gets the software engineers and the hardware engineers together outside every day, and they." Uh, talk about software issues and hardware issues, and that's a critical part of their engineering scheme. So I just thought the the way they uh, handle the situation socially uh, yeah. by yeah. Uh, uh, providing ways for their employees to interact and innovate. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty powerful, especially with the way so many companies these days are spread out all over the place. Collaboration is a little more difficult and you just can't really beat that being able to sit down next to somebody and talk to them about an issue or a problem or an idea um, as compared to doing it on a conference call halfway around the world. So uh, they definitely have a good setup for that. I wouldn't mind working there. I know that much. (laughs) Well, it sounds like their new spaceship headquarters they're building ought to be very conducive to that kind of collaboration and communication as well. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. That'll be pretty cool. Well, okay, Barrett. Well, thank you for that insight, and um, it will be interesting to see how how it all progresses, and we'll be getting updates uh, each uh, session that we get together on how things are going. So um, that's going to be real interesting to follow. By the way, Barrett, remind me, when are the students getting their iPads? Well, the plan right now is that our 7th and 8th graders would receive iPads in uh, this coming January, and then our 9th through 12th grade students this coming August. Okay, great. All right. Well, good. Well, let's uh, move on into our tech trends section then, and this is where I'm going to be kind of following some of the latest Apple current events and breaking news so this is kind of an easy one this week as we've uh, just had the big apple announcement yesterday on the the iphone 5 and a few other items we'll talk about a little bit but um you know i guess they started out talking about uh, how many 
iOS devices that uh, they've sold through uh, June 2012, and the number is 400 million, and that's just that's just their iOS devices. So um, that's that is incredible. That's a big number. It really is. So they know what they're doing when it comes to uh, these iPhones and and iPads, anyway. But um, you know. Uh, I think up up until now, the uh, the iPhone has sold as many units. The new iPhone, when they come out with a new iPhone, it sold as many units as the uh, previous generations combined. So uh, that's pretty nice exponential growth. I don't know if they're going to be able to to keep that up and continue that record. But some people think they might be able to do it for at least one more iteration. Um, That'll be a lot of uh, iPhones to sell, but I guess it's it's possible. They've done it in the past, so we'll see. Um, on the surface, it really doesn't look like there's that much different uh, with the uh, the new iPhone, but I think internally there's some pretty significant changes uh, that that'll make a big impact on the usability and performance of the device. So that'll be uh, interesting to see how um, people use that and. Um, how that uh, just makes the phone that much more usable. And we talked about this uh, last time, just kind of reviewing some of the guesses that people uh, had about, uh, you know, what was going to be in the new iPhone. People love to uh, prognosticate, I guess, and and think ahead and try to figure out what what the new one's going to be like. And in a way, it's surprising how close they come. I think it's hard to... um, keep wraps on a lot of these uh these upgrades anymore at least people seems like people are able to to uh, figure a lot of these things out and make a pretty good guess on uh, what apple's gonna announce and that was pretty much the case this time there were a few surprises but not a whole lot of them um but anyway just to kind of summarize and and hit on some of the highlights on the new iphone 5 um it's going to be the same width as the current iPhone, but a little bit taller. I think it ends up being maybe about a half an inch taller, not quite a half an inch taller. So there'll be more screen real estate. And I, I like the the idea that they've got, um, you know, and just kind of keeping it the same width so you can continue to use your thumb. I, I know that's primarily the way I'd type on it is just, you know, hold it in my palm and use the thumb. So that's going to be um, still... Uh, doable and they haven't widened it any to make that harder um, so so I like that idea and that approach and then I think you know with the wider screen um, well wide I say taller screen but if you turn it on its side it it ends up being um, you know a true 16 by 9 widescreen HD video so so they've definitely um, made the form factor such that uh, it accommodates you know what most video is uh, recorded in these days so I think that's the the primary impetus behind uh, you know the, the size and the change a little bit in the the height of the the phone so that shouldn't make that much of a difference um, and you can still get it in your pocket pretty easy I think that's a big deal too do y'all carry y'all's phones around in your pocket or on your belt Bear, you want to go ahead? <laughs> well, I, I carry mine on my pocket. When I used to have a BlackBerry, I used to carry it on my belt. But the iPhone 
form factor and a number of other reasons. I've just started carrying it in my pocket, and I agree. I don't want something that's about the size of a brick. Uh, yeah. It's too big to hold up to your head and hard to get in your pocket. So I, I like the approach Apple's taken as well. Yeah. yeah, and I do too. And interestingly, some of my uh, dress pants have a pocket that fits the iPhone perfectly. I don't know how they knew that, <laughs> but uh, it keeps the phone from turning sideways in my pocket. So I really like that, and a yeah. larger phone wouldn't wouldn't fit in that kind of a yeah, Tim. I, yeah, Tim. I think that's the change pocket, isn't it? And yeah, that, and, and I, I never carry change anymore or any kind exactly. of coin, so it's perfect for the iPhone. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, they ought to start. These these uh, pants manufacturers ought to just start building in a a phone pocket because that's absolutely a, a lot that's easier to carry it that way. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I think a big big. Uh, upgrade that I'm looking forward to is the LTE wireless technology that they're building in. That's, you know, that's not something that you see on the outside, but we're definitely going to see an increase in speed, um, you know, up to, I think it's 100 megabits per second, uh, which is going to more than double the speed of uh, the data transmission that, that we've got today. And uh, y'all may have missed this or maybe you saw it um, the past week or so, but in our area, uh, AT&T is going to roll out LTE um, by the end of the year. So so that will definitely have a uh, an impact on the phone I carry around. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to Oh, that's that's great news. Yeah, that's Yeah, big. that is great news. I uh I have Verizon on mine and I don't know uh when LTE is going to be available through Verizon. Well, if you've got a Verizon phone, LTE is available here in Birmingham right now. So, Well, you yeah. know, that's interesting. I, I thought that was true, yeah. but the way that the uh, rollout of the, this new iPhone, uh, it, I thought maybe I'd miss something. <laughs> no, no, you should be able to take advantage of it. No, you know, your current phone doesn't, but uh, the new one will, so... I bet you'll yeah. uh, be able to take advantage of that. Okay, great. So, but everybody, AT&T and Verizon, should be uh, using LTE by the end of the year. So that's that's good news. I mean, that's even faster than um, our uh, uh, a lot of just your wireless in-home uh, wireless access points. So um, we'll definitely appreciate that. And then the uh, the CPU hey, Bill, performance. Bill, Bill yeah. let me ask you a quick question in that regard. That this might be interesting to our readers, I mean to our listeners. If um, if the light uh, cell phone service is faster than what most people have at home, would it make sense for them to use their iPhone to tether their mobile devices in their home to set up their own wireless network in effect? Well, you, you certainly could do that. Of course, it's going to be a little more um, take a little more effort to do it and i don't know if you want to keep up with it all the time but uh depending on what you got you know from your wireless access point as compared to the lte um it certainly is doable so but of course then you run into your your data usage and i don't know oh, what y'all have yeah. um mm -hmm. you don't want to start exceeding the limits there because the uh the phone companies don't like that very much and they have ways of slapping us on the wrist when uh when that happens so you know, that's uh, something to keep in mind as well. Yeah. We also <laughs> have to, of course, this wouldn't affect your use at home, but I just went to 
China a couple months ago and did not turn off roaming on my phone. Oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> incurred a significant <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, quite a shock. Uh, we're, we're kind of negotiating with them now, but uh, I had no idea why I got this uh, large bill. But, yeah, for our listeners, make sure you uh, turn your data roaming off. Uh, and uh, uh, it, more importantly than the voice roaming, I think. And then just turn them on when you want to get your email. And so. yeah. Are we going to see you in the newspaper in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> they're going to throttle you down, Tim. That's what they're going to do. Oh, man. <laughs> So, uh, so as far as the CPU in the in the uh, phone, it's just amazing. They've uh, pretty much doubled the speed again. They've got a uh, the A6 chip moved up from the A5 chip, and they didn't. The current chip is uh, a dual core. They didn't talk about this one being a quad core, which some people had kind of um, thought might be the case. But since they didn't mention it, I'm guessing it's still uh, a dual core. But they figured out a way to make it. Twice as fast and more efficient on battery life and smaller. I think it's about 22% smaller. So they just continue to make things faster and smaller, it seems like. Um, they've, uh, they've added another microphone to it. It's got three microphones now, one in the front, one in the, the bottom, and then they've, I think they've added uh, one in the back, which that would be helpful, I guess, when you're taking uh, videos and uh, recording somebody uh, talking to you from uh, while you're recording or videoing them. So um, another an additional microphone. And I think part of that also helps with some of the noise cancellation. So uh, the the um, audio coming through the phone should be improved as well. Uh, and then they move the head jack to the bottom, as was uh, thought to be the case, and it is. And I guess it doesn't really matter where it is. Um, but that's what they've chosen to do, probably to just make it a little more efficient from a design standpoint and uh, help, again, to make it a little bit smaller. And then um, I guess one of the surprises was they've uh, completely redesigned the, the earphones. They call them now ear pods. And um, I don't know about y'all, but my I never have been able to wear the ones that, that they've had originally, so I hope these fit my ear a little bit better. Um, but we'll have to have to see how that that's going to work out. But again, they've supposedly spent three years and um, tried to figure out ways to make them a lot better. So as long as they stay in your ears, you know they're probably going to be a, uh, an improvement over the the first version of those. So do y'all do y'all use the the Apple uh, earphones or have your own uh, favorite earphones? Yeah, I, this is Tim. I. I I actually use my own. I got a, some of the uh, small Bose um, earphones, and they work really great. I I didn't want I have to fly fairly much, and I didn't like the big uh, earphones. But those smaller ones that Bose make are outstanding. Yeah. But maybe these new Apple ones are going to be as good, and then. Uh, I definitely want to check those out. Yeah, well, we'll get a chance because they're going to include them in the new iPhone 5, so you'll at oh, least uh, 
get a chance to try them out and see what you think. I really like the, uh, I don't like wires, so I've I've gotten to where I like uh, the Bluetooth headphones and uh, kind of gotten spoiled with those. But I still have trouble. I think my head's kind of uh, cattywampus or something because one side fits great and the other side hardly fits at all. So I don't know what the problem is there, but. I better not investigate that too much because I may <laughs> not like what I be, find. <laughs> yeah, ignorance might be bliss there, Bill. You might leave that one alone. Yeah, I think I'm going to. I think I am. So moving on to the camera, they really haven't made a lot of changes to the camera because it's been uh, really recognized as a, one of the best phone cameras that's out there, I guess. But um, they have added a few bells and whistles to it to help it um, – in low light situations when you're taking pictures to just take a better picture and to reduce um, some of the noise and artifacts that tend to come from um, uh, low light pictures. So that's going to be nice. And uh, they've improved the speed. And then also they've added a um, uh, program uh, that's just part of the photo application, I guess. It's called Panorama Mode. And that's really interesting where... It'll take uh, panoramic pictures just um, almost automatically. You, I think you hit the button one time, and then it just kind of prompts you along to move your camera. And uh, I think it'll take up to, a, I don't know, 280-degree picture um, and just a widescreen picture. So that's going to be uh, fun to play with. And they had a few um, uh, demos uh, that they showed during the presentation and it's really amazing that uh, a picture like that can come from a phone so that's going to be uh, fun to play with so we'll see how that works out and um, then the, the last kind of major change that they've made is they've uh, made the uh, connector the dock connector uh, smaller it's 80 percent smaller than the old original 30 pin uh, connector and they're calling it lightning which um, is, uh, I guess that go, goes with the Thunderbolt uh, connector that uh, is part of the, the uh, computing or computer uh, platforms that they have now, which I think if they would have been thinking, I might have called it Lightning Bolt and just Thunder, but they've kind of switched it around on us. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but anyway, that's, uh, that's what they've uh, decided to call it, and it's an all-digital interface which means that it's kind of an adaptive interface so depending on what kind of uh, peripherals that you plug into it it will um, determine uh, how to interface and how to interact with that peripheral so um, it ought to be uh, a good change and it's of course smaller and uh, there's not a wrong way to plug it in so either way that you uh, plug the, uh, the plug in it's, it'll work so um, that's uh, that's uh, the last big thing I was going to kind of cover on the iPhone. So that's going to be uh, fun. Like I said, it's not a big change on the outside, but I think some of the internals that are being upgraded will uh, be uh, beneficial as, as we use the phone. So uh, Then they talked some about the iOS, uh, the new iOS version, uh, version 6, which will be coming out. And just a couple things about it. The Maps uh, application is totally uh, redesigned. And it's, of course, we know the issues between Apple and Google Maps and all that. So they're doing their own 
maps now, and um, they've added a whole lot to it. Uh, they'll have turn-by-turn voice directions now will be part of it. Uh, they've got like a, a hundred million points of interest, like restaurants and museums and buildings that you can just enter in, and it knows what they are. And then the, the satellite and the flyover 3D imagery that uh, they've included in it is really amazing. Have y'all seen any of that demoed? I have not seen it demoed, and I'm really excited about this feature because I've actually paid for a uh, a GPS, which I've used everywhere, and uh, it sounds like this built-in uh, app is going to be even better than one that I've paid for monthly for a long time. Yeah, I think it will be. I think uh, I've started to use a few uh, built-in or not built-in, but third-party apps uh, as some of the, my driving directions when I travel. And they've worked really well. Uh, and they've been free. And this one ought to pick up and do that much more um, as, as I, I'm sure I'll convert over to using this. So. Um, and, and, you know, that's one of the good things or additional benefits of the wider, when you turn the phone on its side, the wider screen uh, Absolutely. When, when it comes to the, the directions. And um, so that's, that's going to be a, a big change and something pretty useful, I think. And then Siri, they've added some new features to Siri, and Tim, you'll like this one. It, Siri knows about sports now. You can ask it <laughs> scores and standings, and um, it's supposed to uh, have gone to school and learned all about sports since uh, last go. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, now I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real impressed if I can call up and ask for the Briarwood scores. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely. I don't see why that wouldn't work, but. Um, you know, I don't know. You may you may not want to check on Tennessee sports scores, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll give you a few more weeks hey, to see two, how that comes. We're two out. and oh. That's right. Have a big hey, game against Florida coming up on Saturday. Yeah, hey, boy. You, you're doing better than Auburn right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But um, we'll talk about Alabama at the end of the year when we, you know, yeah. might have reason That's to celebrate. The championship so. game. Yeah, yeah, championship yeah, yeah, yeah. game. There you go. All right. That's right. But so anyway, sports is a, a new thing. And then I think you're going to be able to uh, launch applications just by talking to Siri. So that'll be uh, helpful as well. And um, they showed uh, some demos about making uh, booking reservations uh, at restaurants. And there's an application, I think it's called Open Table, that uh, lets you do that now, and it's supposed to be integrated with Siri. So that, and along with Facebook, you can make posts to your wall in Facebook just by talking to Siri. So I'm sure a lot of people will be doing that as well. Um, and let's see, what else uh, would we want to cover? Uh, there was a number of other things. Uh, they made some changes. Billy, is that going? Are all those the the update the iOS six? Is that going to be loaded on the new iPhone five? Yes, it will be. In fact, uh, iOS six is going to be a free upgrade to most all the iPhones. I think um, starting September nineteenth. So that'll be before the uh, the new iPhone comes out. Oh, I see. Okay, so great. You'll be able to do that, and I think my plan is going to be to upgrade to ios 6 on my current phone uh do a full backup of it and then go purchase the new uh iphone and then 
then restore it all in the iOS 6 uh, uh, operating system. So I think they've done that intentionally just so you could do that. And then, uh, you know, pre-order for the new iPhone comes uh, starts on Friday, September 14th. And then shipping is uh, September the 21st. So um, the iOS 6 will come out a couple of days before people start uh, receiving or purchasing their uh, their new iPhone 5. So uh, that's kind of how the dates lay out. And the cost have remained pretty much the same. Um, 16 gig is going to be 199. 32 gig is 299, and then 64 gigabyte version is 399 so um so that's what they uh what they're planning on rolling out to us here in a week or so um they also talked about uh some changes in itunes they're totally overhauling the the itunes interface and uh, hopefully it'll be simpler to use i'm sure they're thinking it's going to be simpler to uh purchase music and other and, and and movies through so uh we got to recognize that, but that's going to be coming along um, here shortly as well. And uh, I'm going to skip over the iPods, but they did uh, they're revamping the iPods for the holiday season. The only thing I will mention about that, which um, I, I don't know about y'all, but the, the Nano is always kind of an interesting uh, iPod version. It seems like every time they roll a new one out, it's totally different. And, uh, you know, that was the, the last version was a small square one with a screen. And some people even used it as a watch. You could get the watch face on it. And uh, they were starting to uh, make watch bands and, and do a lot of different things with uh, that particular uh, version of the Nano. But now it's going to be bigger, and that's not really going to be doable anymore. But uh, I was thinking that would have been a pretty neat watch to have if it had bluetooth built in so you could just listen to your watch with your wireless headphones but uh, they've added added bluetooth to this new version for the first time but it's too big to wear on your on your wrist like a watch so that kind of goes out the window i guess but anyway that uh that covers um the latest news i think out of uh cupertino and what Apple's going to deliver to us here in a in a few weeks. So, um, are y'all going to go out and and jump on it right away? Or are you going to wait to see uh, how it uh, how it works out for other people? Well, I think I'm going <clears> to <throat> this Tim. I'm I'm going to get it as soon as possible. Also, Billy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll probably end up waiting. Uh, I can't think. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a good excuse to repurpose my existing 4S, but I'm not coming up with one. Well, so, does your does your wife does your wife have one yet? Uh, no, she has a different phone actually. Uh, she she doesn't want so. that. Well, my wife's finally going to move into um, into the iPhone world. She's been kind of hesitant, or she's one of the the non techies and is proud of it. But I think she's gotten to the point now that. Um, she sees the benefit of it, especially with having kids out of uh, out of town and being able to communicate with them a lot easier via the the iPhone and the the video features. So I think she's ready to to take my old one. So that gives me a good excuse to move on. 
Hey, maybe, maybe I could re-gift mine for Christmas. Yeah, that's <laughs> re-gifting. Good. Yeah, there good you idea. go. <laughs> It'd be a little disappointing to the recipient, though. I'm yeah. afraid. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of these sites like uh, that, that purchase used uh, iPhones over the over the internet. I think there's. Yes, I was hearing that. Three or four of them that uh, they've been going like gangbusters, and they've even got a deal where you can basically sign up now and say. I want to, I'm, you know, I'm planning on selling it and go ahead and get that taken care of, but you don't have to deliver it to them until after you get the new iPhone. So they've really, mm-hmm. they've really got it figured out and got it down to a science now, I think, to where that's um, uh, something a lot of people are probably going to be taking advantage of. But yeah, we'll see how it all works out. So anyway, um, let's move on to... Um, our next segment with uh, Tim going to be sharing a little bit of uh, of history with us. Uh, some of his history. Tim has a lots of uh, of good stories, things that's happened to him uh, in the past, and I guess pretty much every week you come up with a new story, Tim. So, uh, <laughs> and he's I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, so, you know, it, things happen to all of us, so you're not the only one. But for some reason, you just uh, have a good way of telling the things that happen to you. And I've got to admit, um, things that happen to you are way um, more extraordinary than than <laughs> at least myself. So, you know, it's fun to listen to anyway. But uh, but Tim does have a good um, iPad story that I thought uh, he could share with us tonight. And um, there is a point to the story we'll talk about at the end, which uh, has to do with um, Apple's support and uh, how they kind of helped him at the end of all this. But I'll let you uh, just kind of relate the, uh, the details of that story and, and share that with our listeners. Okay, Billy. Well, uh I, I'm, I wouldn't generally, uh, I, I kind of hate to make this story public like this on the podcast, but. Well, let's, it let's pretend it happened to somebody else and you're just telling yeah, us okay. about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it, it started by uh, the uh, purchasing a, a new iPad. And uh, I purchased it because I was just about to go. Um, uh, give a, a talk actually in England at Oxford. And so uh, I didn't actually give my talk on the, with the iPad, but, uh, but I wanted to have it with me because I read a lot of uh, scientific papers on my iPad and, uh, and I like to keep up with my email on iPad uh, more than my phone. Uh, because it can type better on it. So anyway, I got uh, a brand new iPad, and I uh, went to to England, flew to London, drove up to Oxford, and and gave my talk, and that went well. I uh, enjoyed being there. But then, I um, what I wanted to do was uh, to play golf. I play golf occasionally for exercise. I always walk and don't ride in a cart. So. Uh, most of the golf in, in England and in Great Britain uh, are on courses where you walk. So I had never played, never had the opportunity to play on the old course in St. Andrews. So I drove all the way from Oxford to St. Andrews, and I did not have a tee time. And 
people sign up for two years ahead of time to get a tea time. So it was kind of crazy to even drive up there without a tea time. But I had heard if uh, you were just a single player that you could uh, get on, but it, what you had to do is stand in the queue, as they call it, there uh, starting at about uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. So I said, well, that wouldn't be any big deal. So I got there maybe at 6 o'clock at night, and I got to a hotel, and I uh, uh, decided to go to dinner, and I asked someone where the queue started, and they told me uh, it was at this particular place at, uh, where the starting uh, uh, starter was, and uh, that you had to be there about 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, okay, but I, I wanted to make sure I knew where it was uh, so that I could go straight there at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I went to dinner, and I didn't know if they wanted you walking around the golf course uh, at night, and it was pitch black. Uh, so I, you know, by this time it was 11 o'clock at night, and I decided, well, I'm just going to go out there. So I get on the course on the 17th hole, and that's that's a very famous hole because uh, the tee box is uh, kind of on the other side of a hotel, and and of course the pros hit it over the hotel. I I couldn't do that, but anyway, I walked down the 17th fairway, and then I was walking uh, relatively slowly so I could see. And then I came to the famous bridge over the berm, and uh, uh, and walked up on on the bridge, the stone bridge. And you know, this course was built 600 years ago, and it was just incredible history to stand on that bridge. And uh, and then I walked across and walked down the. Uh, 18th fairway and down to the 18th green and the British Open had just been played there maybe five weeks prior to this, so I was just taking in all the history and. Uh, now you had your really you had your this. iPad with you, right? Yes, gosh, that's a very important part of the story. <laughs> yeah, and, and why and why did you have your iPad with you anyway? Yeah, well, I had gone to the restaurant to eat and I always take my iPad with me so I can read in the restaurant, uh, you know, while I'm waiting for food. And uh, so, yes, I had read several things while I was eating dinner uh, and then left to go out on the golf course. So anyway, yes, I was carrying my iPad with me as I walked around the golf course. And then I found the starter's box near the first tee and then started walking back so I could get a couple hours sleep before uh, uh, before I started to stand in the queue. Well, I don't want to make this too long, but I started walking down the first fairway, and then I started feeling a little uncomfortable being out there that late. And I thought, gosh, if if they uh, find me out here on the golf course, they may not even let me play if there is a spot. So I kind of picked up my pace, and I walked uh, – quickly uh, down the first fairway and was cutting across to go to the hotel, and I saw this kind of dark uh, shadow in front of me. So I slowed down, and then I put my foot out and tapped it a couple times, 
and it turned out to be a road, and there's a road that goes right across the 1st and 18th fairway, and I remembered seeing that on television during the British Open, so I uh, then realized that's what it was, and I walked across it, walked across the road, and then I picked up my pace again, and then I saw uh, about 30 yards farther, I saw another kind of shadow, and I did not remember seeing another road when I was watching the British Open before, but I thought, well, the road must – there must be another road out there. Uh, so I didn't slow down at all, walking full speed, and I stepped off the side of the berm, which is a six-foot uh, deep ditch mm-hmm. made out of stone, and I fell face first down six feet into the berm underwater with my iPad. Oh, (laughs) no. Goodness. (laughs) And, you know, actually, it was incredible. I could have been hurt very badly. I didn't get a scratch. But if my my, uh, gait had been a little different, and I, I could have easily hit my head on the side and yeah, that berm isn't very far, isn't very wide, is it? I mean, it's only well, it is about it's about six feet wide. Yeah, so that's not and, wide at all, right? And so I could have very easily hit my head, and then if I was face down, I could have drowned. And then the guys coming up uh, the next day, they'd probably say, "What's this guy doing in the berm? <laughs> We've been waiting for two years to play on this course." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't take so, care of this course very well. Oh, man. So I pulled myself out of the berm, and I had, there's, I I was just soaking wet and had mud all over me. But the worst thing was my iPad had mud and water all over it, and, of course, it was ruined. And I went back to the hotel, and I tried to clean it up, and it would never uh, come back on again. And so to end the story... Uh, I uh, when I got back to the states, I went to the Apple Store, and uh, I said, you know, my my uh, iPad got wet. It was a brand new iPad, and uh, he said, well, let me check it out. And he went back to check it out, and he came back and he said, well, yeah, it's it's dead, and we're not gonna be able to fix this one. And he said, uh, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I have to have an iPad. So. Uh, I'll just buy another one. And he said, by the way, uh, how did you get it wet? <laughs> and I said, well, you, you wouldn't even believe it if I told you. And, and then he said, no, I, I believe it. I've heard some really pretty amazing stories about how people got their iPads or iPhones wet. And I told him the whole story, and he said, well, maybe maybe that's the most interesting story I've heard. <laughs> And then he gave me a new iPad. So I it was fine with me if they told the story in one of their uh, on their website or something. I never really saw it, but I was very thankful for it. Now, did they get? Did they give you give you one without any cost, or did they, they well, charge I think you a little bit? It was a bit? very much reduced cost. It yeah. wasn't absolutely free, but it was yeah. a very 
cheap replacement cost. Yeah. I think I saw that iPad hanging up on the wall in the Apple store the other day with your name underneath it. (laughs) With the original mud on it. Yeah. The berm on the old course in St. Andrews. Would it it even turn on at all, or was it just totally dead? Totally dead. Because it was completely submerged. Yeah, yeah. Okay. incredible. But I will say, even though I... Then couldn't get back at, at 3 o'clock in the morning. I went over at about 6 o'clock in the morning, and I did get on the course and get to play. So, the, Well, that made it all story, worth it the then, right? The ending was good, both from a golf <laughs> standpoint and uh, getting a re- replacement iPad. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad you survived that story because uh, that just gives us many more good stories down the road, I think. But, uh, Thank you, Bill. That's amazing. So, all right. Well, let's uh, move on to our last section here where we're talking about uh, our favorite apps and maybe uh, somebody we've recently discovered on Twitter that we're following. And, um Again, this is just something to, to share with everybody. I know I've uh, picked up a lot of good tips from listening to what other people have found. So uh, this will be our opportunity to share some of those with you. And um, Barrett, uh, do you have anything you've recently run across? Do you have an app, app pick and a Twitter pick this week? Well, I do. Uh, on the app pick, I use uh, for my productivity and project management a product called OmniFocus. And uh, just briefly, OmniFocus is a very powerful project management tool uh, where you can outline all of your projects, keep your notes, uh, and it inter- and it uh, synchronizes and integrates with your iPhone and your iPad and your Mac, uh, plus online. And I have found that to be an incredible uh, productive tool. There's a bit of a learning curve, but it's well worth it. I've tried just about everything on the market, I think, and this is the one that i found that works the best. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that one. I haven't tried it myself, but um sounds like it's a pretty powerful tool. Uh, it is. I really uh, – that has really helped me a great deal. And then as far as Twitter goes, uh, I would recommend EdChat. I believe the last iPod I had recommended uh, EdTech, but EdChat is a little different uh, in that it is educationally focused in terms of technology, but it's not exclusive to technology and uh, they will engage in Twitter and other forms of online dialogue regarding any number of topics, and they usually have some world leaders uh, in education as a part of that overall group. So particularly if you're interested in education, technology, and just education reform and leadership in general, I could certainly recommend EdChat. All right. That sounds good. My app, pick for the week is an uh, app that's called Notability, and it's one of the uh, the writing apps. It's for the um, the iPad. I think it's 99 cents in the, the app store, and um, it, it does a real good job. I've tried different uh, writing uh, apps that you, know, you actually take notes with a stylus on, and um, you know different ones have uh, unique features. The thing I like about this one, though, is um, it has Dropbox and, and Box syncing uh, built right in uh, to the app so that you know as soon as you save something, uh, once you set it up, it'll automatically uh, save that document or your notes out to uh, whichever uh, uh, cloud service you want to want to send it to. So uh, that, that seems to be pretty helpful and handy and um, 
Uh, you can also import files from from other cloud storage and from Dropbox and uh, uh, through a WebDAV type um, interface as well if you've got your uh, document stored somewhere else uh, in the cloud. So um, I think that's pretty useful and handy. And I don't do a lot of note taking on the iPad, but when I do, uh, that seems to be a, a good one to use. Uh, Barrett, I know you've used um, uh, some of those in the past. Do you still do a lot of note tech, note taking on your iPad? I do. In fact, I use Notability. Oh, do you? Uh, and I use yes, I use it for all of my meetings and especially for all of my interviewing. And then as soon as my notes are finished, I email those to my assistant. She uh, archives the notes, and I never touch a piece of paper. And uh, so it works great. I agree. It's one of the best ones out there. Yeah. And I. What's I, your What are your favorite styluses? <laughs> Oh, you know, I have tried a lot of those, but I actually invested – well, investment is too strong a word, but put some money into a project by Kickstarter. And for the listeners out there who may be familiar with it or may not, Kickstarter is where you can invest in new ideas, and if they receive sufficient funding, then they'll go ahead and manufacture the, the product. In this case, there was a brand-new stylus uh, called Hand. I believe is what it was called, the hand stylus, and it is the size of a regular pen. It's aluminum and with replaceable tips and a retractable tip, like a pen where you click on the top of it. And so the form factor is, is very comfortable. Uh, the tip works great, and you retract it, put it in your shirt pocket just like a pen, and uh, that's wow. the best stylus I have ever used. Really? It's called hand I believe that's the hand stylus, yes. The hand stylus. Okay, well, I have to get that. I've been looking for a new stylus. So, so, so is that one available now um, to the public? You know, I don't know. I think if you check on Kickstarter and look for it, you'll probably find the information. I believe they're just now shipping out. I've, I just received mine last week, oh, shipping okay. out all of the pre-orders based upon your initial investments. And uh, so I, I don't know whether you can order them quite yet, but they – they quadrupled their goals, so they had so many supporters that there's no question in my mind but what they'll be selling into the public. Yeah, well, that sounds good. I know that is a, 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 a important piece to the whole note-taking thing on the iPad because I've tried uh, a number of them myself. I just recently got a uh, the Bamboo Stylus, which um, works really well. I've been real pleased with it as well. Um, and it's got both uh, the stylus and a regular pen built into it, which I find uh, pretty handy to have both in one one uh, uh, stylus. So I've been using that one, and that one works pretty pretty well as uh, as well, Tim. So that's another yeah. option. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, Kelly, thank you. All right. So, Tim, the last week uh, you gave us a, a book review and something else. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Have you have you well, uh, come I've, up with I've anything else? Just looked at some things, and I one thing that our family really loves is Group Me, and I'm sure that that you use that also. But but uh, Group Me has been very interest uh, helpful to us. Where one of our daughters was married a few years ago but had her first child and uh so uh she typically will send uh me pictures of my grandson and so i got one today a great picture but it goes out to everyone in the group so uh all of our other children are on it and my wife's on it and then uh 
and so everybody gets it at once, and then everybody comments on it from the family. So uh, we have a daughter also who lives out in Los Angeles, and it, it's uh, it's just fun. She feels much more uh, connected to the family. She's pretty far away, and uh, but it, it's just been great for keeping. Uh, keeping the family together. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That is one neat thing about this technology. When when you get spread across the country, for whatever reason, it's just so easy to to keep up and uh, share stuff like that. That was really, uh, you know, if you could do it in the past, it would have taken a long time to just you know mail snail mail stuff like that Absolutely. back and forth. So that is pretty neat. And that's one of the things that uh, I alluded to earlier that Apple's building in. Now to their um, uh, what did we call it? Um, the photo sharing, uh, the photo stream uh, application oh, yeah. that's on, and they've really kind of made it now to where the new iOS version is going to have a shared photo stream where you can include, um, you know, certain uh, members of the family or friends, whoever you want to, and. Uh, that photo will go out to all of them, just like you oh. know the regular photo stream does. And then I think they've added uh, the ability to comment on the photos, so adding a little bit of a social media feature to it as well. So um, that'll be uh, yeah, I really that's that, that will be fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. So um, oh, and I also forgot my Twitter pick. My Twitter pick this week uh, is. Uh, a fellow by the name of Daniel Gold. He's got um, the way you access him is uh, through his initials, uh, DEG Consulting, I think is his Twitter uh, name. And uh, he's he's just one of these guys that um, does a lot of productivity, time management tips. Uh, he helps with social media, brand recognition, and um, presentation of content and design that type of thing he's a big um evernote fan and i think he's actually uh developed and produced some uh an evernote uh ebook as well as i think SpringPad is another one that he's uh uh done a lot of work with but he's got some good uh tips on productivity and and especially I'm, I, I enjoy evernote a good bit and use it a lot so he uh, quite often sends out uh, just some tips and tricks on how to use uh, Evernote effectively. So I like uh, keeping up with him and just following along with um, some of the things that he sends out. So that's uh, DEG Consulting. Deg Consulting is his Twitter name in case you want to look him up. All right. All right. Uh, Billy, I, I don't have a Twitter pick this week, but I do have one uh, uh little piece of hardware that I have really enjoyed, and uh, I hope they have a new one for the new iPhone 5. I'm sure they will, but it's made by a couple called Mophie, M-O-P-H-I-E, uh, so you can get that at mophie.com, but it's basically an external battery, and your iPhone plugs into it, and it doubles the, the lifetime of yeah. the battery. And so I have noticed, especially when I'm in uh, different places and if out of the country, and, and the roaming, of course, does use uh, a lot of the battery. Sure. And uh, this piece of hardware 
is phenomenal. The phone just plugs into it. It uh, and it actually protects your phone too. I don't like to keep it on there all the time, but I keep it in my briefcase so that if my phone uh, battery uh, st- starts to get uh, low and I'm in a place that I can't plug it in, then I can just uh, plug it in this external battery, which is really a case. It looks just like a case, and it's really slick-looking yeah. case that uh, the phone fits into. And then it, again, basically doubles your your battery life. So. Right, right. Yeah, I know those are real helpful, especially when traveling. So I would be willing to bet that uh, they have a a version for the iPhone 5 ready to ship out as soon yep. as uh, it gets to the market. <laughs> oh, <do>. So, <laughs> all right, very good. Okay, guys, well, um, I think it's probably a good time to wrap it up for this episode. So I appreciate your your input and uh, what you've shared tonight, and hopefully um, – uh, our listeners have found something helpful uh, or interesting, if not entertaining, especially from uh, Tim's story. But, uh, but uh, it was too long. I apologize no, no, no. to our listeners. No, no, you got to get the whole uh, the whole background there for that to really make sense. But anyway, so if you, uh, I think I figured out if I go walk into a ditch, I can go get an iPhone five from Apple. Yeah, there's that, that's so much. <laughs> Yeah, they they might have a lot of those stories start showing up yeah, at the. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Well, again, if you like what you heard tonight, uh, tell your friends about our podcast and uh, watch for future episodes coming soon. So, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>